0: Welcome to the WIPS podcast, inspiring and empowering women to take the stage and up their game in the public speaking arena. My name is Chantal Bosse from Shabbos, leaders for your presentation, public speaking and AV needs. Enjoy the show. Everyone, my guest today is Robin Davis and she's from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome, Robin.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Happy to
0: have you today and let's start right off telling our listeners what's your business? What do you do?
1: Yeah, so in short, um I own and operate a sales consulting firm called Meter and our niche is developing highly compelling proposals for healthcare companies. Um, who are responding to an RFP, which is a request for proposal. So RFPs are a rather large and complicated undertaking for companies, um, but you know, represent millions or billions of dollars in revenue.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: So our job is to help them win by submitting the best possible proposal to get the highest possible score. So we've run across a lot of companies, um, that don't hire um, those specific skill sets that are required to respond to an RFP just because they don't need them all the time. So what we do is we fill that gap. So I have teams of sales writers, proposal managers, document managers, graphic artists, sales strategists, and we just plug into an organization's sales or account management team and collaborate with them and their subject matter experts to develop the proposal so besides staff augmentation which is what i just described we also help build proposal departments and processes and we train staff um, should a company want to build their own so that's well, it in a nutshell
0: that's interesting and it's also a very specific industry very complicated also so i guess it's probably a good way for companies to have people like you so that they don't need to staff their business with
1: right. regular people or
0: have regular people do it but they don't have enough knowledge to do the RFPs so right i mean
1: we um i when i started my firm in 2009 that was my whole focus that i'm going to stick with what i know and what i know is healthcare um and so a lot of other consulting agencies you know they'll they'll work for any industry but I know that if, you know, when I was with a company and I was hiring a consultant, I needed it to be someone who at least understood my industry really well, because that's why I'm hiring somebody. That I don't have time, <laughs> right? That's right. So, so I just, uh, and there's plenty of work in the healthcare space and everybody that I hire um to work on these projects has a, at least 10 to 15 years of healthcare background. So. That really is an added advantage for my clients.
0: Yeah, it makes a whole lot of sense. And tell me, you specialize in health, uh, the healthcare system probably, but what about your public speaking? Do you do public speaking mostly in that industry too?
1: Yeah, so as a um, as a fellow, so there's an association of proposal management professionals Cause okay. there's an association for everything um, <laughs> and um, I'm a I've been around the association for 20 years and I'm now a fellow which means that you know I'm a, a mentor to other um, proposal professionals coming up and I'm the chairman of our local chapter um, here in the Mid-South and so most of my speaking engagements to date have been to colleagues in the proposal industry Um, but what I've what I've discovered is that I really enjoy speaking um, and connecting with people uh, through speaking and see myself expanding my platform um, in the future
0: oh nice and how have your experiences been so far
1: well, and, and I think the, ba- I think why I like it so much is it's another way for me to quote unquote perform. So I'm a singer and a songwriter, which is why I moved to Nashville, oh. um, <laughs> several years ago. And so it, I think it kind of parlays, I've done that and I had a good time and had a band and I played some really cool gigs and, um, that is a really fun part of my life, um, but you know, I wasn't going to be in that small one percent of people that actually make a living at it long term. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think that this is another um, speaking is a platform where I can share myself um, with people and connect in a way that I used to with music. Um,
0: That's interesting. Interesting link to do, and probably also, like you say, a smart move because. Uh, very few people really make a living out of the music industry per se. So at least you get to perform a little bit, even though you're you're not singing.
1: <laughs> you're right. Singing right. <laughs> I actually I actually do this presentation, um, this this talk about what proposal writers can learn from songwriters, um, because there's a lot of synergies actually. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> like interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that could, that could parlay into speaking as well. You know, I mean, the premise being that a song is you've got three and a half minutes to, to get your point across and to grab somebody's attention and keep it, right? Cause you know, they can change the channel at any moment. And so, you know, it's all about that hook. Uh, what is your key message? What is that thing that you want people to remember you by? Um, so there's a, there's a lot of,
0: Oh, that's an interesting link to it. I really like that. Never thought about it that way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: (laughs) so the first, go ahead. Yeah. And like you say, the important thing is you have very, very little time to get your message across and to keep people hooked up. So it's a good analogy. I like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It works.
0: And When you've been taking the stage, did you have any challenging experiences that you would be able to share with us?
1: Yeah. So I think that, well, the first time that I presented to an external group, which was outside of my team, um, probably was about 12 years ago. And um, I spoke on proposal best practices. Um, And I was really, really nervous. Um, My voice was shaky at the beginning. And I talked really fast and kind of flat for about the first 15 minutes. Um, but then I, I just said to myself, you know, this topic, you know it well, this is a room full of quote unquote friendlies. These are people I've known for four years, or, you know, they know me from being around uh, the industry. Um, so I finally just kind of relaxed and allowed my personality to to shine through Um, and actually Sally Zimney of, of this moved me podcast. She posed a question on her Facebook page the other day asking, you know, what is your speaking superpower? Um, And I thought about that for a minute. And for me, what I have discovered is it's, it's authenticity. Um, Just being brave enough to kind of be honest and open with the audience.
0: Oh, you're right.
1: Yeah. It, it took me a while to get there, um, but that's that's when I feel most connected and most impactful to my audience. But there was a time that I don't know that it was necessarily horrible, but I was hired to do, deliver a uh, sixty-minute keynote presentation, but it only ended up taking forty minutes. So, which I is knew, not bad. Which is not bad. Um, I but I knew that you know, I had about 30 minutes of material, um, but I relied on a lot of audience participation to kind of fill up that hour. Um, however, unfortunately it was morning. Nobody was really into talking yet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of questions. Um, and so when I wrapped up the organizer, you know, looked at me and she was a little flustered and she's like, oh boy. Um, okay. Well, I guess, we'll take a break now before the next session start. Um, So what I learned from that, albeit not really falling on my face or anything, what I learned was that, you know, I need to focus more um, to personalize um, presentations to specific situations. So that was, yeah, I I just thought I'd go out there and wing it and it would be just fine. Um, And it, It didn't really work out that way, (laughs) and I, you know, and build in more opportunities for uh, for the audience to participate. Those are kind of the two takeaways that I got from
0: that. The more we, as you mentioned, personalizing to the crowd that will be there probably will bring some more participation from the crowd because they will feel engaged because. It appeals to them. It has probably examples or stories that are more related to what they're going through, what they're living, what they're expecting. So that's a good point. And it's something that every speaker should be taking good notes because it it will happen at one point that we, for whatever reason, life gets in the way and we didn't prepare as much as we thought we would. And that lack of information about the audience is, like you say, you just could not fill the the full hour because you were Mm -hmm. counting on participation from the audience. But at the same time, I usually say to my clients, you know what, usually nobody will get hurt because you finish early. But (laughs) (laughs) if you go overboard, though, then you're messing up the schedule of everyone after you that which is way worse than finishing before your time.
1: Agreed. Yeah. I think it was it was her first conference that she had organized and so I think it was just um you know, I had this all planned out and now you've thrown me for a bit of a loop. <laughs> so I put her in a tough position. And so I felt bad about that. <laughs> well,
0: uh, the lesson learned is nice. And at the same time, she probably realized that, well, it's not bad giving a break to people. if Especially when yeah. you have back to back sessions, sometimes it can get mind tiring because there's really right. way too much to concentrate on
1: the other the other thing that actually just came to mind I hadn't thought about it up till just now is when I've been a facilitator on a panel pres, uh, presentation yeah so i had I had four people um on a panel, and I had uh one gentleman that was kind of taking over oh. and yeah and so that um i don't i didn't handle that as well as I could have. Um, so I've, when I've been asked to do that since then, it's, there's a lot of more planning that goes into it before we get in the room. Um, you know, stating that I'm going to cut you off after, you know, a certain yes. amount of time or, you know, be cognizant of the people sitting next to you. I want to make sure that everybody gets to participate equally. Um, so that's, that's another time that was.
0: And it's a different type of situation, but it's still interesting that you mention how sometimes it can be difficult because even though it was a panel, sometimes mm-hmm. you're in front of a room and you will have someone in the audience that will have that little bad energy or they want to take up the floor or they're always, you know, plunging in and asking questions mm-hmm. and taking a lot of time. So it is important for us as speakers to learn how to handle those people and as you say, having clear expectations and clear let's call them rules, especially for a panel, that you will have to cut people at one point to make sure that the conversation flows and it time allotted to everyone is almost the same. Don't have always the same person talking.
1: Right, right,
0: right. Oh, that's interesting. And now we've learned a little bit about the challenging experiences. What about one of your greatest memories that you had taking the stage? What was it?
1: Yeah, so my favorite to date was when I delivered um, an Ignite presentation. So Ignite is similar to a TED Talk, but you have five minutes, you've got 20 slides, and those slides progress automatically every 15 minutes. so it was uh very challenging to put that together. Um I had to script it out pretty precisely.
0: Oh true. But I
1: but I really love efficiency and conciseness. Um so the you know the ability to say or write a lot with very few words. Um so that was fun, uh, even though it was challenging. So the best part of that was the content. So the topic was no papers and i talk about succeeding in life without a 4-year college degree and i i put myself in a very vulnerable position by sharing a lot about myself personally
0: okay um
1: it's really raw but it's it's powerful and it is i had a dozen people come up to me after who could relate to that to what i was saying and thanked me for saying things that they can't um and for validating that there's more to getting what you want in life besides the time you spend getting a formal education so that that luxury isn't really afforded to everybody um and i want people to know that you know a you're not alone yeah and b an an education is only one of the tools in your toolbox and c i want people to not limit themselves because they feel less than somebody who has more papers than they do.
0: Oh, that is so true. So true. And the, that whole experience, I, I have no doubt it's, it's, it's a great memory because you had the proof right there that it touched people. It, yeah. it resonated with them. That's the best thing. When you have people coming up to you saying that they can relate, uh, they understood perfectly how your story brought them back in their own memories, that's even better. That's when we have the chance to really connect with people. That's great.
1: And everything else, you know, the, the shame that's attached with not, you know, uh, feeling like you're at par with your colleagues or whatever, all of, all of that goes away. You know, when it's, there's just that one person that says to you, man, I can relate and your words have change the way I think about things and that's that's huge no matter if there's you know no matter if there's twice as many people in the room that are you know potentially looking down their nose or whatever that doesn't matter what matters is that person that I touch so
0: oh yeah and that should always be our goal it's not the amount of people we touch but if we were able to transform so to speak the mindset of some people in the room that's a win because you know that you you made a difference exactly oh that's great and how do you prepare for your speeches or presentations
1: so i first consider my audience um you know this i guess this probably comes from my sales background (laughs) you know what do you what do they care about? What do I want them to get out of this? How can I help them do better work or feel better about themselves? Um, so it's first thinking about who am I talking to. Um, then I sit down and I develop a basic structure or an outline. Um, I do all of this in Word. I'm not even, I haven't even opened PowerPoint yet. I'm just getting the story down. Um, I then put, I then, usually after I do the outline, I put it down for a few days um, and kind of mull it over. That's how things work for me. They, you know, I'm thinking about it. Um, and as ideas come to me, I'll jot them down, you know, on a note on my phone or whatever, but I'm constantly turning that over in my head. Um, looking for analogies, maybe ways that I can effectively get my point across. Um, so I, I set it down for a few days and then I pick it back up a few days later um i sit down with the outline and i just start building on that so what are my key points what are the takeaways um what order should this go in what's the progression then i determine how, you know based on how long i have how detailed am i going to get yeah. um, where can i insert that audience participation um and then i like to i guess this comes from my writing background i like to um write down all of my talking points or it's really more of like a script for me. Um, That's how I practice um, and it gets it out of my head and on the paper. Uh, That's a songwriting tip I learned a long time ago (laughs) (laughs) that works really well is to get all of the information out of your head and then you can go back and edit that information down.
0: Um, That's a great process because so Many people don't take the time to just plan and put everything that they have in their heads on paper, but outside of PowerPoint. That's the worst place to start. If you start in the tool, you get bogged down by so many other details that are not related to your structure, your message, even the stories that can go with it. So that's a great yeah. to start.
1: Well, I mean, I didn't always do it this way. I used to open in PowerPoint and go, you know. But then I realized I'm like, wait a minute, that's not exa- that's not what I want to say at all, you know. And so then it's rework, and I didn't want to do that again. So
0: oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, you know, started down a road, and I'm like, nope, this isn't where I want to go. So that's once a I really, script.
0: Yeah, great process. And sorry, you were going to say once you script.
1: Yeah, so once I, you know, get that all completed, then I go into PowerPoint, and I build the agenda, and I collect all the images I'm going to use, I'll figure my slide layouts, that sort of thing. Um, And then from there, I just practice. I practice a lot alone, out loud. Um, There's a lot of tweaks that happen there, and and occasionally I'll present it to my wife or a colleague and and get some feedback. Oh, Um, that's
0: a good thing to do.
1: yeah. Yeah. Some, if, if it's something that's, you know, kind of maybe if it's a new presentation for me, new content for me, I like to especially do it in that case because I like to test it out. How did that come across? Did you get it? Or you know, and sometimes I feel point. like
0: having someone like, else hearing what you have to say and yeah. making sure that it sounds clear and the message comes across clearly, too. That's a really great tip that people, more people should try and do it instead of trying to prepare the last minute.
1: (laughs) Well, I think sometimes we're all in our own heads, right? And it makes perfect, perfect sense to us. I mean, we're all in relationships, whether that's with a partner or your kids or, you know, whatever, we all have those communication issues that we run across. You're like, that's not what I meant at all. How did that, how did that not come across clearly? You know, it's clear in my head. Uh, so, oh you're right
0: and, uh, tell me, Robin, what would be one tip that you would share with women that want to be more empowered when they take the stage?
1: Be yourself um, um, Don't try to copy or emulate other speakers you know you you do you um if that's humor, use it if it's intelligence, use it if it's analytical and nerdy, use it, whoever you are, whatever you are, um, let people get to know you a little bit because audiences need to connect with you on some level in order, in order to connect with your message. Yes. Um, I think they, they go hand in hand and the most, um, appreciation that I have when I'm watching speakers is that I learned something about them. Um, And I'm not just hearing their message, but I also feel a connection that, you know, with that person personally.
0: That's an important piece of information you just shared, because sometimes I have the feeling people tend to forget that whatever topic they have to speak about, they're in front of human beings and we as human beings need connections. We need mm-hmm. to have the feeling we're connecting with one another. So that's really important.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I mean that comes, you know, from my songwriting days too, I suppose, because it's there's a lot of, you know, it's it's write what you know. Don't try to um, you know, write about some experience you've either not had yourself or someone in your close circle has had because then you're, you're forcing something. Yeah. And I feel the same way about speaking. It's like, well, I can't be that guy or I can't be that guy. Or I can't be that guy because that's just not who I am, but I'm going to be me and it's going to work True. Um just by being me. So, so that's uh that's oh. how I feel empowered
0: and that is such an important point and it's also a great way to wrap up this conversation because That important message, being you, being us as individuals, that is really important. Robin, I want to thank you so much to have been with me today, sharing all that value with the listeners. Also, I'll make sure listeners have access to your links so they get a chance to connect with you when uh, uh, they reach out and go to that uh, podcast reader. That podcast player rather <laughs> be able to reach out and connect with you so thank you again for being with
1: me yeah thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it. i'm glad i got to meet you in san diego and yeah look forward to, to seeing you again so thank
0: you again we hope you enjoyed the show please tell us what you think by commenting and even share with your own networks to inspire and empower others to do public speaking.